You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I am your co-host, PJ, along with Matt Shiles. Matt, great to see you. Hello, you hello. Again. Yeah, great to be here. Guess what? What? I'm not out of breath. Oh. Yeah. So remember. Does that happen a lot? No, well, I don't know about it happens a lot, but it like was coming up the stairs. Do you do you get out of breath? There are times when yeah, it depends on how long the stairs are. But it was just so funny. I was not expecting to be so out of breath when I was on when I was getting off the the bike this past week. You weren't. <laughs> I was not. It was, I, it was so funny. I would not have been able to recover at all. Uh, yeah. You just kept going. So I, I think I have I, I think I have convinced myself that I could be a great bike bike coach like in, oh. in the sense of like teaching a bike class because we actually have one of those in our saturday gathering chad is is his name and so he he's like a bike instructor like a spin class yeah, a spin, a spin oh, class Oh, okay so i mean i could talk and spin at the same time like yeah so i, I think i can at least convince myself i could do that if i needed to uh at a level two or three maybe <laughs> yeah zone four zone five you know, come on, guys, come on, we can do it. Yeah. So, so at the eleven o'clock, I I could really relate to you because after you got off, you like put your hands on your knees, and I was very thankful for that. I'm like, okay, because that's that's what most of us would have been doing, and we probably would have called Pastor Marsh out and said, "Come do another song while I, well, you know, I recover." Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a great weekend. Uh, been like I said, been looking forward to that message for quite a long time. Long time, yeah. And I have delivered it now. You have, so. yeah. So this was Iron Faith, uh, temporal, temporal pain, eternal gain. I didn't know it'd be so hard to say that. Yeah, temporal, temporal, temporal. I can say that. Yeah, temporal, temporal it's like pain. <laughs> in that Bogota, but. <laughs> Anyways, so I think I've told. I think the I think the family knows that like that I said Bogota and not and and, and it's actually Bogota, and it's Bogota, Bogota Colum, Colombia with the no with, yes yeah, two yeah. us yeah. so yeah. anywho so but it, temporal yeah you're, you're gonna mess me up uh, it's not Bogota yeah it's Bogota yes temporal pain eternal gain and this was September ninth and tenth. We had a couple of key passages. We had Romans 5, 3 through 4. We had 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12, as well as 16 through 18. And then we had James 1. That was 2 through 4 and 12. And the main point, you said it three different ways. Fire forges faith. Uh, suffering strengthens salvation. And finally, pain produces perseverance. And just so that everybody knows, I love doing that sometimes, like giving you one main point, but in three different ways, because, you know, I can't pick a, I can't pick my favorite way. So I'm like, you know what? I'll let people pick what their favorite is. Yeah. But it all is the same thing. So if it's a main point in three ways, is it a main point? Yeah. Absolutely. Trifecta. Main point said in three different ways. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then you gave us three truths about pain and endurance. You said pain is needed to produce endurance. You said the paradox of pain and the inward power that produces endurance. And finally, the promises that fuel us through pain as we endure to the end. So we will get into each of those today. 
Um, so as we kind of already mentioned, you, you had an exercise bike up there. So my first question is, was this a first for you? Oh, yeah. Having an exercise bike on stage with me? Yeah. Absolutely. Have you always wanted to do that, Preach, while you were I don't know if exercising? I've always wanted to do that. I just knew that to really demonstrate and illustrate, I needed to do it. Because it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do it. Because people know, like, if you've ever been on a bike. Yeah. Like, you know that if, if you really have that resistance and you're pedaling fast, your legs are burning. And see, and mm. I also had a 25-pound weight to the side because I was also – because there are people who actually lift weights. They don't ride a bike sure. or anything like that or they don't, they don't run. They, they lift. And so in the lifting world, it's called time under tension. Mm. Mm. And if you really want to build muscle, you got to tear down your muscle. Mm. And the way to actually do that is through slow – uh, exercises or, you know, uh, when, when I say kind of uh, through s- slow, slowly lifting. So you're taking you, – yeah. and you're never letting your your arms or your legs, if you're lifting with – you know, you're building muscle with your legs, you're never letting – you're never letting them fully rest sure. as you do your reps. It's mm. constant tension, mm. which is why – you might need to have less weight mm, mm. so that you can constantly have that time under tension. Mm. Because what you're doing, and and and, and I, I mean, I experienced because I, I, I weight lift uh, twice a week too, legs and arms, is that you, you'll find yourself start shaking mm. because your oh, muscles yeah. are so tired uh, from from that time under tension, and what and and they're burning. Yeah. And what they're doing, you're breaking down that muscle. Yeah. And that muscle has to be broken down for it to be rebuilt stronger. Hmm. So, so even in the lifting world, you you mm. see that. So again, it, and I, I didn't want the introduction to be so long as you, you know, sure. like this, the, you know, expert on on strength training or you know what they call hit high intensity mm. interval training. Mm. So, so again, it's time under tension if you're lifting weights, or it's hit mm. high interval or high-intensity interval training. Mm. And that's actually what is producing endurance mm. in, in you, building muscle. Well, and, and you were really able to uh, to get the point across. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's different saying it to us. It's another thing for us to see you do sweating. it. Yeah, sweating yeah. and then out of breath, out of breath. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, it, and it, you know, you were talking to us about – um, the heart rate training, right? So, and you were giving us these these different zones, and we got to see your your heart rate. What what was the highest your heart rate got to all weekend? Uh, one eighty. One eighty. Yeah, yeah, and it could get a little higher. Like I've had it as high as one ninety one. Yeah, uh, and sometimes when I was running, it, it, it has gotten as high as two hundred. Mm. But but this is where it, it's really key to understand this. Like I, I because I, it so it so applies to the Christian life. Is that the reason why it takes me a longer time to get to zone five is because of my training already. Mm. But for some people, if they got on that bike, my zone two or zone three is really their zone four or zone five. Yeah. And so, but the more you increase and the more you train, and in some sense, the more pain and suffering you go to, the stronger you become. Right. And the less that that intensity affects you. Mm. Now, I mean, let that sink in. So, Well, and then even the recovery, right? Because there are many of us, I think myself included, that that after doing that couldn't have just 
kept going. So listen to this, and I wrote this down for for extra takes. If you're not training for zone two, or if you're not even training in zone two and zone three, you will be crushed when zone four or zone five come into your life. Because zone two and zone three are the building blocks for zone four and zone five. Mm. So if you're not going to participate in the spiritual disciplines that begin to create a more Mm. healthy you Mm. and a healthy heart, your heart will be under too much stress and tension and will cause you to fall away when you experience zone four and zone five. Mm. Mm. So that's why it's so important to have a steady diet of zone two and zone three. Because when you do that, you can have those bursts of zone four or zone five. Mm. But if you don't have a zone two or zone zone three, Mm. then those bursts of zone four or zone five can burn your heart out, which is what we see in Matthew 13, Mm. where the parable of the sower and soil is that pain and suffering, and they faded away. Yeah. They were scorched. They got burnt out in their faith. Mm. And so – and that's why this long obedience in the same direction of zone two and zone three and you processing that pain and suffering coming into your life and letting God do something mm. is needed for endurance. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and that really gets us into our first point, um, which is pain is needed to produce endurance. And you said you and I need pain. Um, and this really gets into... Um, you know, before we started this, I thought I knew why you did an Iron Man, because you say why you did an Iron Man to eat a lot of bluebell ice cream, <laughs> but you revealed this weekend there was actually a a deeper reason for why you did an Iron Man, and I think it even um, speaks to you said you've been looking forward to this message for over a year. So talk a little bit more about your your real reason for doing that Iron Man. I mean, my real reason for doing an Ironman is because I believe it was one of the only things on planet Earth that could help me understand Christian endurance and following Jesus for the long haul. And there were there's so there there's so many points of application and and again similarities. And again, I'm I'm just I'm demonstrating it in a practical way this spiritual reality. Yeah. And sure, when I was training, I mean, when I was doing a you know hit run, so that high intensity mm-hmm. interval training run. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there were times like what I mean, like really, what in the world? Like what? Why? Why would you really you know put your body through that? Mm. Or when I would go on like so on Fridays. From so so the Ironman was in November. So by by September or really by 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 August, I was at four four and a half hours of bike riding every Friday. Hmm. So I got up to about five and a half hours of bike riding before even the you know. And I'm like, all right, so why am I leaving? So I'm, I'm like leaving the house at eight o'clock. Yeah, and so again, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one. You know, and so my family's home by two. So I spend so basically the time my kids are at school, I'm on a bike pretty much the entire time. Yeah. Why am I doing that? <laughs> and I and again, yeah. like there were moments where like like I like for me, I am actually doing something very practical that is demonstrating in a practical way this spiritual reality. Mm. And that that really and that's why I would do it again, like again, because I could stay in shape, not doing an Ironman. But mm. but one of the reasons why I will continue to do 
triathlons, as long as I'm, I'm physically able, is because I do believe that they demonstrate a spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm telling you, and there would be times, and I, I mean this with all of my heart, I'm not lying, but there would be times, not only in my training, but even when I was out on the course, I would weep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting like teary. I'm thinking about it now. That I can, I can do it. Mm. Just keep putting, keep putting your legs right in front of the other. I'm not going to die. I can, I can keep going. Yeah. It, it, the, the, this pain is just, it's just temporary. Yeah. It's just discomfort. Yeah. Compared to me finishing. Yeah. And and I know that, and that's why, like I pre- I preach with so much conviction and passion this week because I know that there are people out there, they've already they've already given up on Jesus because pain and suffering came into their life, and they wanted to shake their fist at God. Yeah. And there there were people sitting in our gatherings in each of our services that things are happening in their life right now where they are tempted to shake their fist at God. Yeah. They're tempted to ask God why. As opposed to going, all right, God, I know you're doing something in it. I can't see it. I can't, I, you know, in some sense, I can feel the pain. Yeah. And I can feel like, I, you know, I'm ready to give up. Yeah. But if you can fight through the pain, if mm. you can fight in the pain, just yeah. know that God's doing something. Yeah. And so, and I've experienced that in just physical training. For, yeah. for not, And again, I'm not, I'm not like an expert at it. I don't do it for a living. I mean, mm. so, you know, the fact of what they would have, you know, what, what professionals have to go through, they actually put their body through even more pain than what I did as an amateur. Yeah. I mean, to, to be able to hit the time marks that they do, <laughs> I'm like, and to be able to, to, to be able to have a life that is devoted completely to that, where yeah. the nutrition, yeah. how they train, how they sleep, what they put in there. Like, I mean, it is a machine. And so, so again, I just did it as an amateur, mm. but knowing that I had to go through this just so that I could finish as, as an right. amateur, you right. know. So it was. I, it was a, a very, very much of a spiritual exercise mm. for me, as much as it was a physical exercise. Well, in this topic of pain and suffering, has just like you talked about, has the the real. There's a reality to it. It, it can derail us in our Christian walk. Yeah. Um. In a in a real way. So, um, for you to, um, be able to share. Um, such an important topic to us in such a personal way, yeah. um, you know, allowed us to to view pain and suffering in just a a different perspective. Yeah, because you really are. You're either going to run away from God when pain and suffering come. Yeah, and that that running away. I mean, it can look you know, it can look a couple of different ways. I mean, blaming him, shaking your fist at him. As opposed to really looking, okay, what what is he teaching me? What what what, what am I going through? Um, and so so again, that that could be some ways that you run away from him, or you're going to run to him, and you're yeah. going to run deeper in him. Yeah, and and that that's why the only way you do that is if Jesus is the center. That's the only way. Well, that gets to that gets back to the the faith diagram that we've that you've brought up over and over and over again, and uh, and the importance of having Jesus at the center because so so many of us can can get to the point where yeah we have faith in Jesus as kind of an add on yeah um, and pain and suffering has a way to uh, reveal 
Yeah. Um, who's at the center of your faith, right? Yep. And that, um, it's that test it is that James talks about, Paul talks about it. I mean, it's a, it's a test. Mm, mm-hmm. You either pass or you fail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but here's the thing about passing: you can improve your passing grade mm. as you grow more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So just think about it that way. Is yeah. that yes? It's either a pass or a fail. But that passing grade, you are getting even better in your passing. Mm. So I don't know what passing is anymore in school. I mean, I know what it is at the graduate level. So I don't know what it is. And, yeah. You know, like uh, I think they give emojis out these days. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you're getting yeah. you, you're Catching getting. strays over here. Emojis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You imagine like emoji with a tear. Yeah, exactly. Like a really Third big. grader. I got, I got a sad face. <laughs> You know, so anyways, sorry. A big old uh, yeah. grinny face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you got me there. Yeah. Okay, so um, well, really the, the scripture that, um, that we talked about in this section, and, um, and it's so applicable um, really for all of it, but uh, Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Um, what a, um, you know, what an incredible passage. I, I know that that's a passage that can be um, hard and sometimes even even a mystery, but it, it becomes um, so, so clear in, in light of a message like this and also such an, um, really an answer for the why, right? So, um, you know, why, why is it important for us to to do this in our Christian walk, and and this is this explains the why. Yeah, and there was one you know, there was one passage that again I you know I just didn't want to overkill it, but First Peter one six through nine says this: In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These kinds of trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So so these various kinds of trials that have led to your suffering Mm. come Mm. to prove the genuineness of your faith, and mm. as it proves the genuineness of your faith, it might result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Mm. So it's it's actually building up something where you will give him more praise yeah. when he's revealed. Whether whether again absent from the body is to be present with the Lord or he or he comes back. I mean, yeah. so I mean again, so you have James, half brother Jesus, Peter, Jesus' close, closest disciple, mm-hmm. and then Paul, who was the apostle, the super apostle, I would say, the apostle of all po- apostles, mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus knocked him down and, and, and raised him up. So you have all three men, mm-hmm. godly men, mm-hmm. saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one of them. No. So it's all three of them. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, so our, our second truth talks about the paradox of pain. Um, the paradox of pain and the inward power that produces endurance. There was really a lot here. I mean, we could spend the rest of our time just just talking about this section. Um, let's see, where do we want to start? I mean, one of the comments you said was, it may hurt like hell, but God is producing heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, I, again, I mean, I, I know that. I mean, if you look at the list of pain and, you know, the d- departments and divisions of pain and suffering mm-hmm. is, all right, so so take the despair. I, like it, uh, maybe you just got the dreaded news and and it hurts like it hurts like hell. Yeah. And so yeah. it could be the dreaded news about your spouse. It could be the dreaded news about your own health. It could be the dreaded news that your employee just gave you. And in that moment of despair, it, it hurts like hell. But know mm. that that this isn't the end, mm-hmm. that God does have a future for you. Now, again, I don't know what that future looks like, but I know that even in the dread, even in the hellish environment that you might find yourself in, God is producing heaven. You know, death, the, that mm. death of a relationship, mm. that death of a marriage. Again, mm. I know, like, you know, I know, I mean, I, I've, I've met people even here that you have gone through a nasty divorce, and it still hurts like hell. Yeah. And that's why in the 11 o'clock, I know that there's more Gen Z in uh, 11 o'clock than there, you know, than there are in others. Like, I know that there are teenagers. They're, they're living in a broken home, and, and weekend and week out. You know, maybe because they go to their moms on this weekend, their dad, like, yeah. and it hurts like hell. Yeah. Um, like, I want you, yeah. I want Ongoing. you to know yeah. that God, if you allow him, he's producing heaven. Hmm. But if we're not careful, the hurting like hell can actually lead to hellish behavior. Mm. Mm. Because, you, again, you're either, you're either allowing hell to be produced in you or heaven to be produced in you. Again, there is no – like I want people to know there is no middle ground. Mm. It's kind of like transition. And again, pain and suffering is a transitional moment. Mm. Now, if you, people remember the whole – and I know that most people you know, maybe wouldn't even hear in our transition series uh, last year. Yeah. So in transitions, when, when a change occurs – so change is situational mm-hmm. – Transition is psychological. You got to process it, mm. and so pain and suffering is a change in your life. Mm. You were healthy, now you're unhealthy. Mm. Uh, everything was going well, not everything is going well. Mm. That relationship is whole. That relationship is fractured. There's that change, and in every transition, there is a transformation. Mm. You are either being transformed more into the image of Adam Mm. or you are being transformed more into the image of Jesus. So you are either in that moment of pain and suffering, regardless of whether it's a disappointment, a difficulty, a discomfort, or a death, you are either being transformed more into the image of Adam, which is producing hell, or you are being transformed more into the image of Jesus, where you are being, where heaven is being produced in you. Hmm. Like again, there, there, there is no neutrality hmm. in pain and suffering. Hmm. So, so that that's where I want you know, to to drill. Yeah, I know it hurts. Like Lord have mercy. Like zone four, zone five, it does hurt. Like my legs. I mean, e- even though like, again, and I just saw gave a glimpse of it. But when I'm actually doing it on the trail, I'm, I you think I you think I was out of breath then. You think my legs hurt? Just, like I'm pushing it. I'm yeah. pushing it to where when I get off the bike, yeah. I barely can walk. Mm. And I know that though it's doing something. So that's where I would tell people, like, I know, it, but that's part of where, like, that passage in Second Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Yeah. That the only reason why you're not crushed. By that pain mm. is because of what is in you. 
that treasure. Mm. And that treasure is not a what, it's actually a who. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why that's the paradox is that that you are you're crushed but you're not really crushed. Yeah. 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 You're perplexed, but you're really not perplexed. Mm. You're in despair, but you're really not in despair because of who's in you. Yeah. That that's the paradox. And so that that's what I loved about the chart is that and what what's interesting about that chart and I didn't put it you know in and it just did dawn on me is that pain and suffering is this in some sense plays a central role in the Christian life because you have glory and sacrifice you have you have glory new birth and sacrifice and obedience then you have pain and suffering then you have prayers of deliverance and patience mm-hmm. and then you have glory mm-hmm. but what's in the center pain and suffering what played a central role in the life of Jesus? Mm-hmm. The cross. You could not have the resurrection until you had the cross. Yeah. And that's why, you, you know, again, it pain and suffering play a central role in the life of a believer to, to actually allow God to do his work not only in us, but through us. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not an easy message to, you know, that's not an easy message to deliver. And I sure know it's not an easy message to receive and to process, but that for right. the believer. Now, but here's the thing. Pain and suffering play a central role in the life of human beings. Everybody. Yeah, all of us. Well, we're just giving you an actual theology to help reframe the pain. Yeah, because, we, because with that um, reframing the pain, it's the only way— that that paradox can be true. It's the only way that pain can lead to a message of hope. Salvation is the is the paradox of all paradoxes. Is that in Jesus's crucifixion, in God giving up sacrificially His life, mm. we might have life. That is the paradox. Yeah, you said in in Jesus's no, we experience glory. He got Jesus told no. Is, in Jesus is no, we got told yes. <sighs> and, and so and that's where Joseph in Genesis, he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's the paradox. Mm-hmm. Is that what you thought you were doing that brought destruction and devastation in my life was actually producing your provision for life. Because if I wasn't, if God didn't do what he did through me, you would have died in the famine. So if I wouldn't have gone through the pain and suffering of you selling me into slavery, Mm. of Potiphar's wife selling me out, of the cupbearer selling me out, if I wouldn't have went through all of that pain and suffering, you wouldn't have had life. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so so that's where when I look at even my hurt and heartache mm. in my life, I know it's produced something. Mm. And I know that God's redeeming my pain because he never wastes my tears. Mm. He never wastes that burning sensation. He's never wasted mm. the pain that I – he's redeemed it. And again, I may not even see the full-on out way. No. He has redeemed my pain until I get to heaven. But but here's what I do know. Think about it this way. I, I even wrote this down. So b- because I, where do you think bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness comes from? 
unresolved pain. Hmm. Hmm. See, if you if you don't let God redeem your pain, you will let hell claim your pain. Wow. And so that that's why for us we we have to let God re- redeem our pain, reframe our pain. Because if we let him do it, <laughs> he will do the things like Joseph. Yeah. Uh, he will bring about resurrection that even our nose becomes someone else's yeses. That's that's easier said than done. I, I will give I, I will give people that. But yeah, go go back and read Genesis thirty seven all the way to the end, Genesis fifty, yeah. and you will see you, you will see a prototype of Jesus hmm. j- just in that in, in the in the life of Joseph. Hmm. It's fascinating to think about this in the context of really the one of the the number one questions that um, that nonbelievers throw out is well. If there is a God, how can bad things happen, right? And and we are essentially saying there is um, there is no other um, way of thinking. There is no other religion that actually provides um, a a useful and a hopeful message of pain than Christianity than the yeah. cross. Well, and uh, I think it was John Piper. That was listened to said, said this. Here's what we know: is that one of these days we will have we will have perfection. Like so, God can immediately give us perfection, hmm. but He has chosen for us to go through a process of sanctification. Now, again, I think that's where that model of the world, the wilderness, and the new city play a really helpful role. Hmm. But we know that in the new city. Instantaneously, perfection. We'll never have to worry about sinning again. Mm. We'll never have to worry about tears being shed again. Mm. Like we will be perfect. We will be known as we are fully known in Jesus. So why this gap? Well, one of the reasons, if not the reason, why we have this gap is so that we might experience what our king went through to mm. purchase our salvation. Mm. Now, again, it's like I you know, shared this past week, is that if we, were, if we were in a state of unhealth, and again, we're still in the wilderness, and one of these days we will be in a state of health, mm. in the in-between, there's the gap of pain. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what we do know from Romans 8 is that God is giving birth to new creation. Mm. It's not it's not it's it's, it's here, mm. but it's not fully yet. It's the birth pangs. Now, I've never given birth to a child. No. Nope. Uh but but I hear that most women choose an epidural. Mm. And why do they choose an epidural? Because it's extremely painful excruciating, yeah. giving birth. Yeah. So part of the role of pain and suffering is for us to experience what it took for Jesus to give birth to new creation. See, pain and suffering is doing something in our life so that we might, and that's part of where when you look at the takeaways at the end, is that our pain and suffering right now pale in comparison to holding the newborn child. Yeah. Like women completely forget about their pain. Yeah. 
And that's why they're like, I want another one. I want another one. I want another one. Like, okay, yeah. Because of the glory of holding your child. Yeah. They they, they forgot about that pain. Yeah. So so magnify that by eternity. Mm. And so the pain and suffering, no matter – no, no matter how how even light or heavy it is now, pales in comparison to the glory that awaits us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it, Jesus, right now in the wilderness, Jesus is giving birth to new creation. Mm-hmm. So yes, in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, this is what Jesus says in John, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So yes, in this trouble, you're going to have pain and suffering. In this world, you're going to have trials of many kinds. But know that it is like... It's the birth pangs. It's the birth pangs. So that's why that's why pain and suffering once again play play a central role in the Christian life. Yeah. Well, and you um, you had a moment in this paradox of pain section where you uh, you talked to us about a personal time, and uh, and you said God God taught me that you cannot experience the power of Jesus' res- resurrection apart from participating in His suffering. And in that time of, um, I believe it was when you were pastorless, you said Philippians 3.10 was that scripture that he gave you. Yeah. You, um, I know at least for the 11 o'clock service, you, you sat down on stage and you were just really real and, and, and raw. Yeah, because my, fam- you know, my family, family was, was there. family was there, yeah. And I, I, I heard, because my family, they wouldn't tell me this. Because I didn't look, I didn't, I didn't lock eyes with them. But my whole family was in tears because they, you know, they felt the weight of ministry. And that was several years ago now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I even said church trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Is that my my family has experienced church trauma. And here's what I know is that trauma doesn't go away. Hmm. And to be able to help my family even process it within my church family that you cannot experience the power of resurrection till you experience the the pain of suffering. Yeah. And 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 the resurrection power is what heals hearts. Mm. It's what gives your heart comfort. It's where that peace that surpasses all understanding comes from. Mm-hmm. Is the resurrection the resurrecting power. So it was. It was a very raw, uh, vulnerable yeah. moment. And, and here's the thing that I mean. And, and here's what I have to wrestle with. And here's 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 a struggle that I have as a pastor. Is that as Philippians three tells me, if I want to know, and again, this is part of gospel ministry. If I want to know Jesus. And I, I want to know the power of his resurrection, what it means to live a resurrected life. Mm. Then I'm going to participate in his sufferings. So I know instantaneously now that gospel ministry is a call to suffer. Think about it. Like, yeah. It is a call. To, I like, I, you know, but, but here's the thing. I know, I know that, but my, my family didn't sign up for that. Mm. But, but here's what I also know is that that applies to the realm of, Every believer, mm-hmm. but but it, it does seem to be 
more weighty for those in gospel ministry. I mean, Paul again, we, we see what Paul went through in his gospel ministry. Yeah. All those all those situations in his life where he suffered. Yeah. And the only re- again, why he did that, why he experienced that was gospel ministry. Mm-hmm. That's why he was traveling. That's why he was in danger all these places because I- I'm taking the gospel. I- I'm trying to tell the story, the good news story of King Jesus, right? So, but but my family didn't sign up for it, mm-hmm. but they experience it, and so now, mm-hmm. how do I? You know, so this is this is how I. You know, again, part of my wrestling. How do I shepherd and pastor my family well who has gone through such church trauma while at the same time maintaining a healthy understanding of gospel ministry and in some sense trying to protect them from pain and suffering? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Because Mm. it's a reality in the Laxton house. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know, I was, you know, I was talking to, uh, you know, all, all of our executive directors and senior staff this morning, talking to them about the weightiness of gospel ministry. Mm. Like we we need to pray for those who are in gospel ministry because it isn't easy. And I was having a serious conversation with 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 Joni this past weekend. Is like I want to lead her well, really do. I want to love her well. And I want to protect her heart. And sometimes, and that's why I have to trust the Lord in that because I, I mean, I really can't do it. Right. Um, and that's why I would say again, I'm not asking for encouragement, but but I did say you know, but but I did say this. The reason why I'm able to pastor Northland is because Joni. She felt called to, and she said yes, even out of her hurt. Mm. Mm. So if you – and this right like if you really are grateful that I'm here, you need to thank Joni because I would have never forced her to come and get back into gospel ministry if she wouldn't have said she felt called to. Yeah, yeah. Um, because pain and, and suffering, they're, they're real. Yeah. For those who are in for those who are in church work, um, mm. and that's why Paul, you know, at the very end of his list, you know, what what is what does he say? Um, <laughs> he says, "I face daily the pressure of my concern for all of the churches." Like, like I have this pressure, yeah. this this pain, yeah, this this pressure point of my concern for the church. There's a lot of concerns. Like, and again, not not unhealthy concerns, but yes, I'm constantly thinking: How are we discipling? Are we doing well? How are people responding? Are, are you know how effective are we engaging people far from Jesus? Like, yeah. we, we, constant pressure. And so, I don't know. I, I, yeah, yes. I feel like I've yeah. Uh, but well, I you know we just appreciate you sharing that, and then certainly in the. On the weekend, sharing that because um, you you took a a really challenging message, and um, and and you have shown this you know time and time again over the last weeks and months. You are willing to tackle the hard messages, and you can deliver it to us in a way 
that people will say thank you, even if it was hurt, you know, even if it was a hard message to hear, say thank you for preaching it to us. And we know that you're preaching it to yourself, and we know that you're working through that. So just for us to kind of get a glimpse into how how this affects your family, I, th- I think it was just a an incredible. Um, just a, just a gift for us to to see a glimpse of that, but also to to understand the the gravity of it, understand the the, the gravity of what we are what we are being called to, and, and then really you follow that up with um, with the with, with really a why the the pain that takes place inwardly will powerfully transform you outwardly. Um, you know, you talked about you, you work out and people will start coming up to you. Oh, have you have you lost weight? Yeah, I have lost weight. People will start noticing. Yeah. Um, and, and you, yeah, well, and and again, where did that come from? Came from pain. It's it's the gap. It's the pain gap. The gap. Yeah. And, and so if you can understand that that gap is the pain gap, then people will actually start seeing that glory fills in the pain. Well, and there's an opportunity in that pain, right? There's an opportunity because you said the more pain you can let God redeem in your life, the more you're going to look like Jesus through your life, right? So you, so so that's the paradox of hey, pain is happening, and, and you're you're saying hey, we can actually reframe pain to say, God, how are you going to use this in my life so that I may look more like Jesus? And the world would start asking questions. Yeah. So take. Hebrews. So the author of Hebrews tells his audience that Jesus, when the pain of the cross was set before him, possessed joy. Mm. Now, this is why the author of Hebrews says that Jesus possessed joy. Here's what he writes. For the joy set before Jesus, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. Mm. He knew the glory that awaited on the other side of pain. So therefore, he endured that which was shameful, he endured it with joy mm. because he knew the glory that was about to be produced from it. Mm. And so that's part of where if we can process our pain. And again, I, I do think that there are pain points every day, somehow in some way, but obviously more weightier than, than others. But if you can process your pain – and you can let you can let God uh, work in you through that pain. You actually will become more mature yeah. in in the Lord, and so you will be actually looking more like Jesus the more you process your pain, because you can learn to forgive more like Jesus. Uh, you can learn to be more patient like Jesus. Mm. Uh, you can learn to be more discerning like Jesus. Like, well, you know, one of the things I had to learn through all my pain, like, so here's one of the things that I tell people is like, you know, so I, I was called to ministry at 15. I became a senior pastor at 24, the ripe old age of 24, <laughs> 25. I mean, I, I was very seasoned. Not. So I always tell people I had, I had, I had so much passion. Like I love Jesus. I still love Jesus. Jesus changed my life. I've never gotten over that. And I had all of this passion, so much passion that I, I felt like this young guy charging hell with a water pistol and like, sh- you know, yeah. shooting demons, uh, you, you know, boo, 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 <laughs> you know, with a water pistol. But I, I mean, I had no discernment. You know, I, I really had no wisdom. And again, I was, I was, I was youth. And so what, what I experienced though, you know, through that, that, those, I would say that longer season of, of, of church hurt was, I never found a church that was willing to grow with me. Mm. 
Mm. Because again, I was I was a pastor at 24, 25, you, you know, so, you know, lead pastor and, you know, when I was 30, 33, I mean, again, I'm a 30, 33-year-old. I'm still young. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still have people saying at 41, you still young. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to be old? I guess when I get Joe's age, I'll be old. <laughs> when I lose all my hair, I'm going to be old. And so then when I wear Skechers, I'll be old. <laughs> and, and that was that was an inside joke because when I noticed that Joe Curtis wears Skechers, I said, you know who else wears Skechers? Joe Montana. <laughs> and, and he's the one who is endorsing Skechers. And so I guess you, 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 you've reached senior age when you're wearing and sketchers anyway so i i divert my you know my point so if we have any listeners out there wearing sketchers um you know who you are yeah uh, yeah there we go here we go uh, i had to get oh. rid of my sketchers after i said that yeah. anyways you had to yeah but, donate you know, them so i'm i'm in these churches that they want a seasoned pastor but they got an immature one and and you know in some sense yes th- there were some things that i needed to grow in but when when i you know when i found myself in unhealthy and even toxic churches uh, they use my immaturity uh, to turn on me as opposed mm. to help me through it. And so what I actually had to do was through the season of, of being pastorless, and that's why I really believe that the City of Refuge saved my, my ministry and even in some ways saved my marriage because I had now a season to really process my pain mm. and to see what what I did that caused that, not what other people did. Mm. And so that's part of where I actually became better and stronger mm. as a as a pastor, as a husband, as a leader, as a man, because I was able to let Jesus process my pain. To, and I'm telling you, I have a lot of, when I say documents and writings that I've never posted, but that that were that were healing for me mm-hmm. of what I learned about being a young pastor, how I made mistakes as a young pastor, but it only, it came through. I actually had to process it myself and I didn't have anybody helping me process it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that that's where it, it really helps me mm-hmm. in this, in this season now, because I tell people, you know, I might be 41 as a senior pastor, but I probably have the, the maturity of a of, of a fifty fifty five year old senior pastor just because I've been through so much hurt and heartache and I've actually learned more about myself than I have about church hurt. So so pastor years like dog years dog pastor years, years exactly yeah. dog yeah. years yeah the pastor <laughs> pastor years, years you're fifty five exactly, exactly. <laughs> like it. don't ask me how I I yeah how I came up with that calculation. There's some conversion out there. There's yeah. some conversion. <laughs> um. One one more comment I wanted to make before we get to the the third one was, um, you know, in terms of of the pain taking place inwardly to powerfully transform you outwardly. You said one of the greatest missional tools we have at our disposal in the 21st century in America is how we deal with pain and suffering. I'll give you a great example. Okay. Bible trivia. Joe, I'm bringing you in on this. this. All right. So there's somebody who uttered a statement when they saw Jesus breathe his last, what was that statement and who said it? So, so, so when Jesus breathed his last, someone uttered a statement. A statement. And who, what was the statement uttered and who was it? And who did it come from? Uh, was it the um, one of the centurions? Okay. And he said, surely this was the Son of God? 
it was because of what he experienced from Jesus' life on the cross. Mm. Mm. Father, forgive them, mm. for they know not what they do. Mm. And into your hands, I commit my spirit. Mm. And he breathed his last. Mm. And surely this man is the son of God. You yeah. see, how people see us live through the cross will either draw them to the cross or away from the cross. Ooh. That's, that's a hard one. That's why there's no neutrality in pain and suffering. Yeah. Hmm. Surely, Jesus is the king of the cosmos. Hmm. That's why when I see people suffer well, they have a deep, deep relationship with Jesus. That's where when I see people who have cancer and it's terminal, but they have the joy of Jesus and they're, they're witnessing Mm-hmm. That do mm-hmm. the the nurses and doctors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, again they I mean they're they're about to die, but the joy of Jesus, mm. people are seeing Jesus in them. Surely, Jesus is the Son of God. Mm. So, and it, I know this. Gosh, this is it's such a hard message to process. Yeah. But in this is part of the glory that can be produced through a life that suffers well. But you can have those far from God say through your suffering, surely Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. Even if they, yeah. Whew. That's a lot. So we we got one more point, okay? Um, and it's a it's the third truth, and that was the promises, promises that fuel us through pain as we endure to the end. So let's do this. Let me read those promises, and then maybe you can pick out one that you want to dig into a little more. Um, so the promises that fuel us through pain as we endure to the end. Our pain is light compared to the glory that is coming. Next, our pain is momentary compared to the eternity that is coming. Next, our present pain is making the future of our salvation so much sweeter. Uh, Next is God is capturing our tears and will one day wipe them from our eyes. And finally, God will one day answer all of our prayers of deliverance once and for all. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know so the the two that really stand out because they weren't necessarily in the text, but they're in other text, uh, Bible text. You know, so so the three that were in the text that we looked at was our pain is light compared to the glory that's coming. Uh-huh. You know, this light momentary yeah. affliction. Yeah, our pain is momentary yeah. compared to eternity. Yeah. So again, like, how long is eternity? Long, <laughs> I mean, like, Long. I mean, yeah, it, forever. Uh, but we 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 don't have even a concept of that. Yeah. And then our present pain is making the future of our salvation so much sweeter. So those first three were. Yeah, from the I mean, text. like, yeah. the, pale in comparison. Yeah. To and it's producing an eternal weight of glory. That that's where your pain, the level of your pain, is producing the level of glory. So that's where I'm saying, like. 
just again, if you think of a seesaw, all right. So the the further you go down on on that pain, far as the seesaw, the higher the other the 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 other side goes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so regardless of how depraved Mm. your your experience of pain is here. How dark and which I mean, I'm, listen. I mean, I I can I, I'll mention them here. You've been abused, uh, sex trafficking, uh, and then the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's depra- I mean, that is depravity at its dirtiest. Yeah. So, re- regardless of how how deep that depravity goes, that's how high glory goes. Mm. Again, that's the promise. Can we fully understand that now? No. But here's what here's what we can fully we can understand the depths of the depravity. And so if you can just feel the depths of your depravity, then just know the opposite. Yeah. If you can just think of the opposite. Yeah. So think about it this way. If you you remember how um gosh, I, I forget where it, uh, it's the parable of uh, of the ungrateful steward. Okay. You you, you remember how you know the the king just for, forgave him, and and yeah. and he forget. I mean, I'm talking about forgave a lot. A, I mean, yeah. like a lifetime's worth of debt. Mm-hmm. And then he goes around and you owe me, you owe me a week's way. I mean, like, bro, God just forgave you a lifetime of debt. So so in some sense, like the level of your bankruptcy, yeah has now heightened the glory of your redemption, of your yeah. forgiveness, of your debt being paid in full. You're like, oh, my gosh, look look at that big gap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with pain. Uh, we, if, it's, if it's down, 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 down deep into the bowels of hell, yeah. <laughs> that's how much sweeter heaven will be. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the two that, again, that um, weren't in necessarily our text was God is capturing our tears and will one day wipe them from our eyes like we, we, we see – in verse 4, Revelation 21, he will wipe away. He will. Like, you ain't got to wipe. You ain't wiping your tear. He. Hmm. And and this is the, the personal nature of God to every child of his. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And then death shall be no more. And, and so, and that's where I'm like, you know, so this idea of, of the tears being shed because of the fallen nature of man, yeah, has now been fully removed from the life of man, mm. and then God will one day answer all of our prayers of deliverance. And so I, you know, and again, I, I didn't have, I mean, again, I didn't have time to go through this once again. But you know, going back to that that process of prayers and deliverance. I mean, just think yeah. about how many, think about how much of our prayers. Are ones of deliverance, of one uh, are ones of healing, uh, are ones of reconciliation, yeah. of restoration, yeah. of help. Yeah. You, you know, like, in mm. <laughs> one of these days, all of our prayers that we have ever prayed will be a resounding yes. Yeah, a resounding yes. Yes, I will heal you. Yes, I will reconcile you. Yes, I will restore you. Yeah, like one resounding yes. Mm-hmm. So if you have a temporary no right now, mm. just know that you will have an eternal yes later. 
Amen. And, and that's the promise. Like so, he might say. He might say. I mean, here's the thing. If he says yes, it's just a temporary and glimpse of a yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so you'll get a glimpse of glory, but you won't experience glory. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think Mary and Martha prayed? Like Lord, yeah. if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. And they're, and he's like, I am the resurrection of life. Hang on, guys. Go raise him. You know, raises Lazarus. Yeah. But old Lazarus, he ain't walking around anymore. No. So they they had to they had to pray again. But God told him no. Hmm. But his no became an eternal yes. Hmm. So so even his temporary yes gave a glimpse of glory, but wow. his permanent no gave him an eternal glory. Wow. So that that's part of where we have to understand is that it might be a no. See, that's where it go. Let me go back to my hurt and heartache. Okay. My, my pastorless. Okay. So when I'm dealing with all of this church hurt, I gave up. When I say I gave up, I, I never wanted to lead a church to split. I never wanted to be part of an infighting of, of a church. And so I would just bow out. I would resign. Yeah. And I knew that definitely the the last two places that that I resigned from would obviously be seen on my resume as vocational killers. Mm. I, I just knew, and which I you know one of my mentors say you got train tracks on your resume, and which again I'm I'm saying all this I'm here now, like uh, you know so you Gus the whole search team y'all knew yep. you, you know that I had short tenures. And in and in ministry, you look for long tenures, not short ones, because short ones go, "What's wrong with him?" Mm-hmm. or "What's wrong with her?" Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the immediate thing that you ask. Mm-hmm. So I knew, like I just knew, if if God ever wanted me to be back in vocational ministry as a pastor, He, I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about that pain. Mm. I knew He was going to do something with it. Mm. So. I knew I mean here, here here's the thing. I didn't have to worry about what was coming in the future because I served the God of the future. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted me to be back, Amen. I'd be back. So I didn't have to try to manufacture anything in the present. I I could process that pain trusting the future in God's hands. Yeah. And so and and, and that's part of where like my my prayer was not my will, yeah, but yours be done. Yeah. And here I am doing a podcast called Extra Takes at Northland Church because God was not done with me. How about that? In vocational ministry. Yeah, and I remember you saying I'd rather have train tracks all over my resume than over Christ Church. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I- Amen. And I did. Because at the end of the day, hmm. the bride of Christ, yeah, she ugly. <laughs> like I'm reading through Hosea right now. And uh, you know what God told Hosea to do? Yeah. Go find Gomer. And she ugly. Uh, like she's a prostitute that's going to cheat on you. Now, <laughs> am I saying that the, you know, the bride of Christ is a prostitute? Sometimes. Hmm. But I'm part of the bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but but at the end of the day, she's the church is Jesus's bride, yeah, warts and all, and he is in the process of sanctifying her. He is in the process of 
cleansing her. And so as the pastor, here's what I, I don't want to play. Here's the, and I think people know this now. I've been here a year and a half, and the way I preach, I don't play games. Because here's the thing that I know, that Jesus, if we keep him as the center, if we preach the whole counsel of God, if we call people to a crucified life, then that is the call that is going to purify his church, that when Mm. God presents the bride of Christ to Jesus at the very end, she will be cleansed and purified, this beautiful bride. And so so that's the thing. It's like, you know... I know that church hurt is real. I know that Christians don't always act Christ-like. I know even pastors will disappoint you and discourage you. But here's what I want you to know. It's in that pain. It's in that discouragement. It's in that difficulty. It's in that season that if you let God do something, he's going to do something absolutely glorious. And I'm, and I'm a living testimony to that. I re- Like, I really am. That's why, like, I mean, I... I preached my little heart out this past weekend because it's true in my life. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm not just preaching some kind of theory out there. I'm literally preaching not only the truth, but I'm living it out. Like I'm living it out. Mm. So I hope that I hope you know. Like I'm not asking the Lord to bring more pain and suffering in, in, in a church hurt sense. You know my way. Like yeah. I've had my fill of that, but people will attack me. People will hurt me. I, I, I know that there will be times where I'm having to deal with difficult situations in the church, and I, I like, and I like, it's not easy. I know that, but mm-hmm. I'm living it. Mm. So as we end, let's uh, let's look at those three takeaways you gave us. You say, "Don't fight against pain; fight in the pain." You said, "Don't shake your fist at God in your pain, but raise your hands and praise Him in your pain." And finally, don't reject pain. Let God redeem it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, – gosh, there were so many songs that um, that really ministered to me during, like, my season mm-hmm. of, of pain. You know, I'm trying to think of, you know, kind of some of those songs. But one is David Crowder, Come As You Are. Yeah. That the you know earth has no sorrow yeah. that heaven mm-hmm. cannot heal. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> earth has no sorrow. That'll preach. That heaven cannot heal. Hmm. Um Well and even the one this weekend that Mark sang at the end. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one it's called Even When It Hurts. So and this is by I wanna say Heal Song, but yeah, by Heal Song. So it's called, even when when it hurts, take this fainted heart, take these tainted hands, wash me in your love, come like grace again. Even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words louder than I'll sing your praise, I will only sing your praise. Take this mountain weight, take these ocean tears, hold me through the trial, come like hope again. Even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Mm. Even when it makes no sense to sing louder than I'll sing your praise, I will only sing your praise. Mm. It really, and then it is well, we sang that this weekend. Yeah. 
And 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 that's a and uh, I know next year in early 2024 I will preach Acts 16 where Paul and Silas are in prison. Hmm. And I I will say something to the effect to to get through a painful night you will need so to get through the dark night you will need a song to sing that is of great light. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you, those songs actually help you hold on to those promises. Yeah, they, they allow you to speak truth into your life, even if you're having a so hard time believing have that song them. in the darkest night. Yeah. That that will be a song of great light. Mm. So, But that's a great place to end, family and friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Extra Takes. We're grateful for you. Praise God for you. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.